What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Eyes on Isles. Let's do it again. One, two, three. Welcome to the Eyes on Isles regular show. I caught myself saying mailbag and I was like, blah, 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 let's do this one again. James, how you doing today, buddy? Doing well. Disappointing you guys every day, as always. How are you? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, here we go. Um, I'm doing all right. Obviously, there's some big news going on. Not necessarily Islanders related per se, but we're going to spend the bulk of this show talking about that because we spent the bulk of, not even the bulk, but an entire, I believe, uh, Eyes on Isles regular show talking about just this player and Kevin Fiala, and he's no longer on the board. He's not going to be a New York Islander because he's a yeah. Los Angeles King. What ha- what happened here? Just just in terms of the trade, let's just talk about what went where. How about that for just to start things off? Yeah, for sure. So Kevin Fiala goes to the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for the first round pick from the Los Angeles Kings in the upcoming draft, which is 19th overall. And, um, oh God, I'm blanking on the name of the prospect. Faber. I remember his last name. Oh, right. Name Faber, Faber, the defenseman. Yes. Um, uh, who, who is a, I, I, I want to say an A minus chip prospect from the wild. Um, the outlook on him is that he's one close to NHL ready. And two, he has the ceiling of that of a top four defenseman, um, and so I think that that was the intrigue for Bill Guerin right there. He's he's pretty close. Um, he's got a good ceiling. He's not going to be a number one, but top four you'll take. Um, and, and, you know, again, they're, they're going to pick 19th overall. Um, in addition to, I think they, did they have also the 20-something, 27th overall, something like that? The Wild? That makes sense to me. Um, that is a good question. I don't know where everyone's draft position is necessarily, but... We can certainly go and look it up right in Meow. Uh, so 22 NHL draft, the Minnesota Wild had the 27th, you said? They had the 24th overall. Oh, okay, 24th. Yeah, so they got two first-round picks, albeit, you know, later-round picks. But, um, you know, they got some assets to work with. So they, they couldn't take on 
any more money. It, it was the idea here. That's right, right? Like the whole reason they're letting go of Kevin Fiala is they don't have any money. And so it'd be dumb to be like, we're going to take more money. You Guys, you know math, right? I know this isn't a math podcast, but the NHL is very much a math podcast, if you will. And uh, you've <laughs> got to factor that in. And so they couldn't take money in if they were shedding money out, which was the entire point of the uh, of the trade itself. And so um, do they have it listed here? I don't think they have it listed. Maybe he's over. I'm just trying to find who, who the prospect is. I'm looking at the wrong, you know, I'm looking at the right team. Favor. It's Favor. And I don't know where the hell, I guess he's not signed and that's why he's not anywhere. Brock Favor. You'd think I'd remember Brock as a first name. <laughs> oh my God. Anyways, Brock Favor is the one that goes to the Minnesota Wild from the LA Kings, as well as that, that first round pick, 19th overall. Favor. Some people say he's he's done really really well at the U at the NCAA level. I'm saying he's done okay type of thing. Um, the, the, yes, the points aren't necessarily there, but he's not necessarily um, gonna light it up either. Specifically, at that he's a sophomore player, but he's got 12 points in 27 games in his his um, freshman year, and then he puts up 14 and 32 in his sophomore year. So, not really taking a step up production wise. But again, you can say he's not supposed to put up a lot of points. Okay, well, we're still talking about NCAA level here, right? So, like, let's chill a little bit. Uh, and if he's going to be a puck mover, you kind of want expect a little bit more production necessarily. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure on the on the player um, who he is. I'm just necessarily talking from a point a standpoint of, um, you know, who who the experts are on this this prospect. And I think it was uh, Michael Russo himself who obviously knows about Faber um, coming into the wild now. Um, saying that you know he's he's a projected top four guy, so the 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 intrigue there was that the Wild believe their prospect pool in the defensive department is thin, so that that helps bolster that right there. That's true. So so that kind of helps. So they get a first round pick, a middle first round pick, right, nineteenth overall, and they get what could be a top four defenseman or seems to be a top four defenseman eventually at the NHL level. Correct. Now, obviously, then we have to make it about the Islanders because that's the whole point of this shtick is um, how does this impact the Islanders? Well, first and foremost, could the Islanders have paid what the Minnesota, sorry, the Los Angeles Kings paid for uh, Kevin Fiala? And we're not talking about contract yet. We're going to get that in a second. Sure. Just in terms of assets going for the player. Could the Islanders have matched that, you think? I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know because you, you start to fall into the territory of if they match that offer who can they really who can they really offer that's of the stature of favor right you're probably looking at Aturatu and that's it so you're already losing the 13th overall pick because that's a given that's going to be the, the first yeah. chip in the deal then the next move is Garen's going to ask for their the Islanders best prospect which is Aturatu and I, and I and I understand Trying to get an 85 point player, um, trying to get a 30 goal scorer totally. That should be one of the priorities. However, there's other priorities this offseason too. So now you're you're giving your two best um trade chips this offseason, uh, if they even decide to trade Aturatu for a 30 goal scorer, which is again a major need. However, there is also arguably a bigger need, a bigger hole to fill in that left spot on the second pair next to Noah Dobson. So 
there's a way to hopefully work this out for the Islanders in free agency where they don't have to lose anything. And maybe at the draft or, or whenever it happens, they do trade for um, a defenseman. But again, they could have matched it with the 13 and and, um, and Ratu. Maybe they could have matched it with 13, I don't know, the four and a throw-in prospect. Maybe maybe Bodie Wild over overseas if they're even interested in a guy like that. But now you're starting to talk about, okay, if it's not Ratu and you're, you're adding a few more pieces, are we getting into the overpaying in assets territory? That, that That's the thing. So we spent a while talking about Kevin Fiala and being the right fit. And, and it really does seem like it would have been the right fit for the Islanders. You got a guy who puts up a bunch of points, specifically goals, uh, can play on the top line or, or should be able to play on the top line. He didn't before. Um, plays well in the power play. Good in puck movement, good in on the rush, with his excellent to be playing with Matthew Barzell. But then you also have to get to the cost, and we're, again, we're just talking about what assets you have to give up. And and that's probably where Lou Lamorello said, like, no, I'm good, because you got the 13th overall pick, and I don't know if you have to give up Aturatu, because you are going down seven steps from where the, the the pick that the Los Angeles Kings gave, right? Or going up seven picks, right? So like. How much is that seven-pick difference worth in terms of, of prospect quality? You may not have, have had to give up Aturato to do that. So you're probably saying like a first and, uh, I, I don't know, like a B prospect. Maybe a Budzik. Maybe. Maybe. And even then, I'm, I'm kind of stretching it here because I, I can't really think of too many B-level prospects. Um, but you, you know, maybe, I don't want to even say Salo, but maybe uh, not even Wild. Like, let's just say Budzik because we're keeping it defenseman to defenseman. Could the Islanders have done a 13th overall and uh, Samuel Budzik for this? It seems to be. Um, but like you said, first off, it doesn't seem like Lou Lamarill even called about it. And then when you think about what Bill Guerin said, like, this is the one we wanted. This is what we, we were looking for. And we didn't want to tool anyone else around. So, like, we were done. So even if the Isles did call, they probably didn't have a lot of time to negotiate anything, even if that was the case, right? Well, I, I don't want to sit here and say that the Islanders didn't call about it, right? They didn't make an offer, okay, um, or or at least a formal offer anyway, Fair. right? So that's not to say though that Lamarell didn't pick up the phone and say, "Hey, Bill, what are you thinking about Kevin Fiala? What's your price point? What do you want to do here?" Um, you know, and I was also talking to uh, someone else around the Kings who had said, you know, it's it, it might not have been that the Islanders didn't want to give up the assets. It might have been, okay, what's Fiala looking for? Mm-hmm. He, he just got the the uh, the right to negotiate with the LA Kings and eventually signed. And we, we'll talk about that too. You know, for 7.9 or, or, or 7.85, uh, something like that. Yeah. Million for seven years. Um, can the Islanders necessarily afford that? And, and don't get me wrong, right? They're maybe taking a big swing at Johnny Gaudreau or Philip Forsberg for possibly more than that. Um, however, right now, do you, they don't really know, you know, are they going to be able to fill the blue line? Are they going to be able to, to acquire a top a top line winger? They need to know what their money is going to look like moving forward. And and I have this I have this feeling, this reservation that the priority is on the blue line rather than the top line winger. And that's what they're saving the trade for. Um, And and they don't want to use up all their assets before they can. So it was a couple of things possibly in 
one, the priority is the defenseman, or two, it was the contract that, you know, Fiala was asking for, right? Because if they said, if you want to trade for him, you have to first talk to Fiala and say, do you want to sign here long term? And if not, do you want to trade for that guy? And if so, how much is he going to cost you? Almost $8 million a year. Not sure we can do that for Fiala. Maybe we can do that for, you know, eight, nine million for for Johnny Gaudreau, but Fiala, maybe not. Yeah, I, and that's where it gets to the the tough part is the seven by seven point eight seven five, and you're going that that's a lot of money. But I I was okay spending that because I think the Islanders could make it work financially. It may be on a little bit of of the heavier side, but you are signing an RFA uh, who who put up over a point per game. And projects to be well. He's he's already he's just entering his peak, so he could do better. Uh, and then you surround him with better players like Matthew Barzal. You expect better results as well. Um, so you're gonna have to pay for potential, not so much result right now. Uh, and, and that's why it, it it got to where it got. Um, but you're right. At a certain point, like the Isles are, the priority is defenseman first, right? You you can run this group of forwards out, and, and we've spoken about it. We've written about it. Um, we've spent a lot of digital ink on this. You can roll these same forwards out and win if you fix the defense. If you fix the defense, they can win. We've seen them do it, right? With these the this same forward group, they could do it. Yeah. Um, ideally, you want more production of these guys, and they could probably do that. But priority number one before getting a top-line winger is is that that fixing that defense. And so you're right. Some of those assets... If you give them up now, you don't have them later. And so maybe that's the case that they're going to try to get a, a, a big a big defenseman, and not just physically, but a, a big name defenseman. Maybe it's that Chikrin move. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's not, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally it. And, and as I was talking about it and as I'm listening to you now, I'm, I'm more and more convincing myself that it was all very possible that – you know, any of the teams that called uh, Bill Guerin on Fiala said, yeah, we're willing. Give Fiala's agent a call and see what he's willing to do with you um, in terms of a contract extension, right? Because he needs a contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that could definitely be something that Lamarillo did. And I would when, so, when yeah. he picked up the phone and his agent said, yeah, he's looking for, you know, seven, eight years. Um, this is the, the, the price point that we want uh, for for him to make AAV wise, it's very well possible that he said, all right, I'm not paying that kind of money for Kevin Fiala. I'd rather pay that kind of money for a Johnny Gaudreau or a Philip Forsberg, maybe even an Alex DeBrinkett, who I'm told the Islanders can afford just depends on if blue is willing to spend. Like when you say afford, do you say financially afford or, um, uh, what assets, assets afford? Wow. Okay. Assets. Yes. I'm talking assets. I, I inquired on that, um, and the answer I got was it depends on how Lou values his own guys, but they have enough to be able to get it done. Okay. Yeah, because I saw the price coming out. At, well, I don't know if that's the accurate price, but I saw a price for um, for Alex DeBrincat, and it was like four first-round picks, and you're like, or, or three first and, and a roster player, or a young roster player, and you're like, the, or I think it was two firsts, a a level prospect, and a roster player that can evolve into something. And you're like, Jesus, Murphy. It's it's the Chikrin, uh, yeah. uh price, if you will. Um, 
that's too much for us to do twice, right? We can't do two of those. Yeah, I mean, listen, the the ask is going to start high, and, and you know maybe a team does step up and overpay, um, and to to get a you know multi forty goal scorer who's not even twenty five years old yet. Um, but at the same time, you know we did see what happened with like you said the Chikrin situation where he didn't end up getting dealt, and I think. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say the asking price for Chikrin has gotten lower now because it was three to four assets before the trade deadline. Yeah, I think now it's the conversation is you know firmly at three. So I guess it kind of decreased, but it was a three to four range depending on what you were getting. Now it's three. These things tend to change, right? So it's it's the very beginning of the offseason. Chicago just named their new head coach. Like there's mm-hmm. this whole there was this whole conference on the new direction of the Chicago Blackhawks. Like they need to figure out which way is up for them first. <laughs> They're gonna head into the draft. They're probably gonna field a ton of offers on Debrinket. Just see what the the field is like, and then you're gonna start to get a sense of okay. This is what the price point is for most of the teams. Like now we're going to see which filter out which ones are, are offers that we can afford or, or that we should um, entertain and which ones are not as good as those. And we're going to tell them no. So and then and that's when you start, you know, finding bidding wars, right? Oh, well, we'll up our offer and then oh, we'll up our offer. So maybe there's a bidding war. Maybe there's not. Maybe it doesn't cost the plethora of assets that they're claiming it will. Um, I'm assuming if it's from an Islander standpoint, obviously you're starting with the 13th overall pick. Yeah. There's probably no way Aturatu is not involved in that deal. Um, and you could probably kiss William DeFore goodbye as well. It, it, that Those are probably the three main pieces that have to start. Maybe Bavillier goes too. Like you're talking about a big trade for Debrinket. Can the Islanders afford it? Yes. Does it also put them in a big hole in other areas kind of yeah absolutely but is the brinket like when you just look at the current versus and i know we, we started talking about fiala but we're now talking about uh the brinket but it, it ties in together because what you spend for fiala can't be spent on the brinket yeah right uh and so when you think about that that trade package so we're talking about first ratu and, and let's even just say leave it at bow let's just leave it at those three things right the upgrade right there to bring it to bow is clear. That's obvious. Yeah. Uh, and then your first, we don't care. We're looking to move it anyways. Ratu, Correct. That would be nice to have, but it, though that is the cost of making business, right? That or doing business, cost, yeah. if you will. And so that's unfortunate, but that's just how how she goes. And he's going to get a good chance. Like if you tell Ratu he can go play in, in Chicago, he might get a chance to play in Chicago year one. Hell yeah, he'll take that. He'll he'll yeah. be and so like what's better for him, even if you look at it that way, if you really want to get positive here, it's probably doing that. Will that happen? I don't know. I have a hard time believing that Lou is gonna make something that that big of a move. Uh just because he hasn't yet. He seemed very hesitant in, in shedding a lot of these yeah. these futures, but at some point he's got to, right? He's got right. to make one of these moves. And so that would I'm not going to say ideally be the one because it would be nice, but I don't want to like, I'm waiting for Debrinket and if it doesn't happen, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> but um, it, it kind of gets into the point of why we're talking about Fiala. The whole point of the yeah. Fiala talk is this is what happened. We're not getting him. What does that mean for us? Well, it means that we have to now start looking elsewhere for that forward, but it also means that maybe that wasn't such a, a glaring need 
right meow for Lou Lamorello, right? Like it's kind of what you're right. saying about the defenseman. Right, right, right. Exactly. And and I want to be clear in saying too, you know, I the the cost of to bring it is as much as I said, not necessarily say, sitting here and saying that that's something that they've thought about or have done. Um, those are just for instances. So, right. um, but again, I'm told that they could afford it to bring it if they wanted to, um, which means they definitely could have afforded a Kevin Fiala. They decided to pass up on that because if they're going to pay a price that they're uncomfortable with, maybe they want someone that's more like a Debrinket, a 40 goal scorer, than a um, than a Fiala who, although he had 85 points, he scored 30 goals, has a little bit of an issue scoring on the power play, which I would imagine that was something they might have looked into. Um, but yeah, so now now the, the attention turns to where else can you look, right? Because Fiala's gone. Debrinket's the name we just talked about, but who else um, could, could the Islanders afford? And I assume I assume in this conversation we're just going to stick with forwards, correct? Yeah, like it's well established. It is now canon that we believe for, I don't see anyone writing like, ah, these guys were talking like they wanted it forward and they didn't get one. Now they're changing their opinion. No, no, it's, it's been well established that defense is probably the number one priority, mainly because that's what Lou Lamarolo came out and said, oh, I'm looking for more offense from the defense. Those were his exact words. And so that is number one priority, but yeah. we're talking about a forward here today. So yes, let's keep the chat going about the forward itself and, and who else could be really be out there for them. Yeah, it's it's funny too because like you and I are on the same page. I, I do think that and Lamorello's uh, comments seem to make sense in, in saying that the priority is the defenseman. I still believe it is. However, the same person I was talking to did say that uh, they do need the winger more. I was shocked to hear it. I, I didn't think that that was. Um, has he looked at our team in terms of who's signed right now in terms of defense versus forwards? Yes, yes. I, I think I think the I think the argument there was they need the elite talent because oh, yeah, that's, that's that's probably that was the conversation, right? Okay. They missed out on an elite guy like Fiala, albeit maybe the lower end or the middle end of the elite talent. Um, but elite the, ones the, type of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, the conversation was they, they need the elite forward more than mm-hmm. they need the defenseman. I, I guess you can make an argument either way, um, but I, I'm with you. I, I honestly do think that the the priority should be on defense. If it's not Chikrin, it should be a guy like who I wrote about today, maybe Sam Gerrard. I don't think he would be a bad fit. Um, Oliver Shillington, Nicholas Haig, those guys. Um, yep. But that's a conversation for another time. Um, let's Let's stick to the forwards for now. Anybody on your radar? Well, you you immediately have uh, that. That's the thing when it comes to forwards. Anyway, obviously we we've got the names that have already come out. We've got the Debrinkets. We've got the uh, the Fialas. Well, no longer Fiala. And then your your mind starts wondering. Well, like who else is Matthew Tuchuk in play? I don't think so. I think Calgary's going to do everything they could possibly do to keep him. Um, that means Johnny Gaudreau probably shakes loose. Can they actually do it? I get worried with Johnny Gaudreau that the Devils are just going to come in and say, like, here's the check, write your name and the number, and we're good. <laughs> Whereas when it comes to the Islanders, it's probably not going to be that. that Lou's not going to give them a blank check. It's going to be, right. here's what I'm thinking. Is that okay? And then he goes over to the Devils, and they're going to go, like, yeah, yeah, we'll give you a dollar more. We don't care type of thing. Yeah, that's it's very possible. Um, 
it's it's interesting. I'm not sure where either of the contracts of both Gaudreau and Forsberg, uh, because mm-hmm. those are the two big names right now for free agency, are at. I do know that the, the Predators, that this is public knowledge, the Predators um, offered him eight years, uh, him meeting Forsberg. However, the AAV wasn't um, wasn't released to the public, and it's also not a number that they wanted to um, agree to. So, and, and they meaning Forsberg's camp. So they're far apart in negotiations on a number, not the term. Hmm. Um, and with Gaudreau, listen, it's it's silent over on on that front. You th- you would think that if Gaudreau was going to resign, it would have happened already. We're getting awfully close to free agency. It's only like two weeks away. Yeah. The draft is next week. You know, maybe his rights could be traded before then. Who really knows? Um, but we're getting close. And, and I, I feel like, you know, you can go, oh, what about when Steven Stamkos, blah, blah, blah. This doesn't feel the same because they at the time didn't have a Matthew Kachuk, uh, a, a Andrew Mangiapane. Right? right, an Andrew Mangiapane to resign, a, an Oliver Shillington. Like, they didn't have a bunch of other issues to figure out as well. So... This feels different, and it's possible he does make it. So, and that's the thing. What the last time a guy of Johnny Gaudreau's stature hit the free agent market, it was Artemi Panarin. Mm-hmm. The past few off seasons, there hasn't been high caliber names like this. Lou Lamorello did throw the bag at Panarin. He just yep. chose to go somewhere else. So maybe that's another reason why Lamorello decided. I'm not going to allocate $7.9 million to Kevin Fiala when I want to pay Johnny Gaudreau 10. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? If you give Kevin Fiala 7-8, you're not getting Gaudreau. If you think that that's a possibility, I I have my doubts. Mainly it's because not only the devil's thing, but I I I always worry. I don't like banking on free agents type of thing. Uh, I think maybe because we got burned with the whole 91 thing, um, that I'm I'm now hesitant towards. I don't trust anything going into free agency. Yeah. And so I don't trust that someone like Gaudreau is A, going to even be there, or B, we're going to have the money to to get him. But you're right. You you spend 7.8 on, on Fiala for the next seven years. You certainly don't have the money for um, for Gaudreau. Now, there's also then the case, if you, if you pay him 7.8, you're paying Gaudreau probably 10 do you then have the money for the defenseman that we've been talking about? Right. Lou obviously thinks so, right? Like, he was going to be okay giving Panarin, what is it, 11.5? Maybe $12 million? I think it was, yeah, 11.5. We'd still be in that today. No, with the same I'm sorry. It was 12.5. He 12.5. took 11.5 from New York, uh, from the New York Rangers. Right. So he was looking to spend that kind of money. Now, of course, he thought that the, the, the cap was going to go up, but. I'm sure he's not sitting there going like it's going to go up $10 million in a specific year. No, right. it was going to go up, uh, you know, incrementally. It didn't because well, COVID hit, but he was still looking to make those deals, knowing that Matthew Barzell's deal was going to come up at this point, uh, knowing that Sorokin was going to probably need something because he's hoping to get him over to him too. Like he was looking to spend that money. He's probably going to do the same thing here or have that same mentality when it comes to someone like Johnny Gaudreau, assuming he gets to where he needs to be for the Islanders. That is right. Exactly. So outside of those two guys, like you can look at any team and be like, this guy would be great. That guy would be great. But like, we haven't heard a lot of these guys shake out. Um, Vegas certainly comes to mind because they're already $2.6 million over the cap ceiling. And they still have to sign guys like Riley Smith that or and Nick Hague 
regardless of not even talking about Hague in terms of a target, but you look at some of their forwards and be like, maybe one of their guys shakes loose. I doubt it. But it, when you're looking, you're playing the kind of like who's a target game. It could be anyone, man. Like Pasternak still rings it. Like with, with the crap that's going on in Boston, I, I hope to God Pasternak's like, yeah, I don't want to have to resign with you guys. I want to go somewhere else. I I would toss a lot to get Pasternak, even if it's just for a year. Yeah, I wonder how much um, David Quinn being behind the bench, and that's not official, but it looks like it's going to happen, um, you know, factors into his decision. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who has some NHL experience, but not much, and, and not much in a successful environment. So, um, he, you know, Quinn was behind the bench for the majority of the down years for the Rangers, yeah. um, and then he was replaced by uh Gerard Gallant so I, I I don't know if he's gonna resign there I, I I honestly couldn't tell you but what probably helps is Patrice Bergeron coming back for another season um yeah. just because it I, again it's only one but maybe there's a future for Bergeron in the organization um they have that conversation at some point this year and, and that that helps him decide to stay so but again Pasternak is a, is another is a guy who if you're going to go all out for someone, he's the guy. There's one other name, and that's Pierre Luc Dubois. You know, I, I was going to ask you about that before too. Actually, my man does not want to stay in Winnipeg. He's thinking of testing free agency. Yeah, right. He said that I want I'm going to go to free agency. Dude's 24 and still has to sign a contract today, and he just told Winnipeg I don't want to stick around. Yeah. Winnipeg's going that dude we're supposed to negotiate an RFA contract today and you're like peace I oh I can't leave now crap yeah he um, he, he did say he was he was gonna test for it in two seasons right because um, he's only 24 now so that means he's signing a bridge deal I guess yeah very interesting situation there it, it's funny actually I think uh the, the post just released a um an article saying why the Rangers should avoid him haven't read it yet, so I'm curious why they they do think that. Um, maybe it's just a, a in terms of cost, but yeah, <laughs> he's a center, right? And the Islanders yep. are pretty deep there with their best prospect being a center. Yeah. So where does he fit? Could he be a good wing? Maybe mm-hmm. I think he's I think he actually has some experience on the wing, but you probably don't want to move him out of his natural position. So. I, I don't really know if there's a fit there. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you mm-hmm. see a fit? Mm-hmm. Someone by the name of Matthew Barzell to the right wing position, please. And thank you. You think so? I think Matthew Barzell is a better winger than a center. He's a fine center, but I think he's a much better winger than he is a center. And why is that? He's fast. He's shifty. He's up and down the ice. And doesn't mean that because you're a winger doesn't mean you can't eventually like float to the middle. Sure. Um, but you take away some of those defensive responsibilities which is maybe not his strongest game, uh, the strongest part of his game. Um, and you put Pierre-Luc Dubois there, and then you give him Matthew Barzell to work with. Yep, Look out. So you think that uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois is good enough as a number one center? Yeah, I think so. I Interesting. Think so. Would he want to stay long-term, or does he want to test free agency? That becomes your issue. So you're not going to pay a bunch of assets to Winnipeg, who's surely going to ask for a boatload, Despite, mm-hmm. you know, having the knowledge that he's not going to stay because they don't have to trade him. They could just reap the benefits of him for two more years. So 
Well, and, and that's the question, right? Like, would Lou Lamorello even want to bring in a guy who said, I don't want to stick around? That's not really showing a whole lot of loyalty. Um, so the it only doesn't way sound it would, like a Lou Lamorello thing. Yeah, the only way it would work is if he decides to do what Fiala just did and sign long-term as he gets traded. Right. So we'll see there. But that's just one of those other names you're going, what if? Um, of course, that's the game we have to play now. Uh, of course, Kevin Fiala wasn't the only name that we had on our list type of thing. It's just one of the top names. Alex DeBrincat was on top, and the next was Kevin Fiala, uh, mainly because he knew, we knew he was getting shopped, and we knew he was going somewhere. Someone um, else but, I wonder about, because we always talk about Jacob Chikorin. Mm-hmm. There's another guy in Arizona who's oh, yeah. pretty good, and no one ever talks about him moving, and I don't know if it's because maybe he likes it where he is, but Clayton Keller is a hell of a player. And he had a good season last season on a really shitty team. So it's quite possible that someone steps up and says, hey, let me get Keller. And listen, Arizona's like, look, we're full send. We're going to rebuild here. We're only going to have 5,000 fans in front of us for like the next four seasons. So, you know, maybe we'll just do this now and, and, you know, draft the hell out of a team. And we'll be we'll see you in 2028. probably with these like super mature like uber kids yeah Um, but you're right keller's got 63 points 28 goals and 67 games last year for a not very good team with not a whole lot of talent on it he's their highest paid player by a healthy margin at 7.15 he's re-signed for the next six years one two three four five six years after this um that that's a good deal 715 for a 23 year old um that that could work man yeah it's not going to be cheap but it's not going to be as expensive as to uh it's going to be so, more yeah. expensive than fiala but you're getting a younger guy already locked in at a cheaper number all right yeah could work definitely and, and we're not talking about a center right we're a guy who could play on his off wing on his strong wing on left on the right uh so Heck yeah, maybe let's go. Well, he turns twenty four in a couple of weeks, so he'll be twenty four soon. So, Ooh, oh no. but still, <laughs> right? Like we want to get younger. This is definitely getting younger. Yeah. So I I think that kind of talks this one into a crater, right? Like there there's nothing else to go in in terms of the Kevin Fiala situation. Yeah, Fiala's I, I guess... gone. He's in L.A. He's extended long term. Move on. On to the next, and and we might get some answers, you know, uh, within the next week. Again, the draft is in seven days, so we we might know soon. Yeah, and so we'll see where where this goes. Um, I guess final thing in your rating, how bummed are you? And from like one to one is not really bummed to five, really bummed. Where are you at right now? I'm I'm like a two. I there's, would say the same. There's plenty of fish in the sea. Yeah, like it kind of sucks, but I'm also the mind that, well, okay, that's not what Lou did. What will Lou do is really what we want to know, right? So we know it's not this. Okay, fine. If you were the mind that this was the move to make and there's no other question, well, let's see what else happens here. Yep, exactly. So I think that's that. We're going to close out the show here, see the end of this Memorial Cup game where uh, as we speak, the Sea Dogs go up 5-2 on the power play. So. William DeFore playing playmaker on that one. Epic. I love to see that. Kid is all over the place. Uh, so, James, another one in the books, buddy. Uh, I won't be back for the next one. That's right. Nope. That was it. Oh. That was it. Uh, we, we thank you for your services for the past <laughs> six years. Um, and we wish you nothing but the best, pal. 
Oh, I, I, the best has already happened. Just making <laughs> shows with you, is, it has been the best. So let's go, buddy. Another one in the books. And uh, I will see you all at some other time. And James, I guess you'll see them next week or something. Absolutely. Talk to you guys soon. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.